Welcome back to your favorite podcast, De-Influence. Well, I'm going to tell you guys a story because I don't typically freak out in public like this. Oh, this is good. (laughs) So we were... um, This should have ended up on Twitter. (laughs) My friends did record it. I think they were recording it to see like if something did go down. You know what's so funny about the recording too is like, you know, on Twitter, you always see these like really crazy moments. It's always filmed with like an iPhone 5. Yeah. And Janine filmed it with like a normal iPhone and it still came out so blurry. so blurry. It's like, yeah, it looks like it was like filmed off of like a video camera from like 1999. Okay, tell the story. I haven't seen Danny like this in years. (laughs) Well, um, it's... Not that big of a deal. But so we're we're arriving at Windstar. We went to Windstar to see John Mulaney, who is a comedian um, that Jordan and I just both adore. Um, he's really funny. It's typically somewhat clean humor. It's creative. He cusses, but it's not all about sex and drugs, which is like a relief, you know, in today's age. So we got this party bus and we invited all of our friends. And you have to understand, our friends are like, postpartum moms none of us really drink a lot of us are pregnant or have just had babies i have my friend sarah rose who currently has a baby in the nicu she has been the strongest mama ever she had a pre-labor she her um placenta erupted and so she went into labor at i think um i could be wrong about this but maybe 26 27 weeks mm-hmm. So when she um, gave birth to her son, her son was uh, three pounds and he's been in the NICU ever since. It's been very challenging on them, but they've just handled it with so much grace and I respect them so much. Anyway, it's one of their first evenings out and I am like ecstatic that they're there, you know, um, and the whole time they're watching baby on on the camera, making sure everything is going well. She's still obviously uh, breastfeeding and, and pumping for him because he needs to grow, he's in the NICU. And so we arrived at the show, we're all pulling up, we're all dressed to the nines, and um, we're all going through security. This security is intense, which I love intense security. In fact, they this is the first time this has ever happened to me, but they actually take your phones at a lot of these comedy shows and they give you a bag and you put your phone in this bag and as soon as you shut the bag, it locks. The only way you can lock it is with this like special key that you'll receive upon exit. So I'm cool with that. You know, that's the funny thing. I'm like not even pissed about that, which is kind of scary because I'm like, what if you have a, an emergency or something? Like we all have babies, but I'm like, you know what? Just live it up, Danny. The show's going to be like 45 minutes. Don't fight the system. I'm, I'm cool. I don't even care about that part. I've never seen the height of addiction as when we all showed up and they locked like all <laughs> the girls' phones. Like the girls like were like, what? Oh, what, I didn't even like, care. What am I going to do without my phone? I was phone? like relieved. I was like, thank goodness, honestly, for a minute. Like, I don't want to have this thing. It's It was a relief to me. Um, so then, you know, Sarah Rose starts to go through. Um, Sarah Rose is our friend with her son in, in the NICU. And she starts to go through security. She has her pumps, you know, her breast pumps. And she's pumping milk. So she has some milk that she's been saving. And, you know, she puts it through. And the guy goes, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. Um, you're not allowed any bag that size and no liquids are allowed. And she's like, oh, no, sir, this is just my breast milk, you know, and these are my pumps. And he goes, yeah, yeah, no, you can't carry that in. And I'm like, you know, my little ear. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like sir, excuse me. Sir. And so I'm like, oh, no, like, sir, this is fine. It's just her breast pumps. Like, 
And then Sarah Rose goes, yeah, I have a son in the NICU. This is my first night out. And, um, you know, I have to pump for him and my milk comes and I just have to pump. Yeah, no, ma'am, you're not allowed. You know, no liquids are allowed. I go, so this is not a liquid. This is breast milk. And she's saving it for her son who's in the NICU to keep him alive is what I said. Literally, quote, (laughs) quote me. And he goes, yeah, no, not allowed. Sorry, that's the rules here. You you just can't take any bag that size and any liquids. And and then I'm like... I'm like, sir, can I talk to your manager? He goes, I am the manager. I said, what you're doing is wrong. I said, she's keeping her son alive. I said, you were a baby once too, you know? (laughs) 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 I said, this is wrong. I said, and he goes, well, you know what? If you, what, what you really should do is there's a hotel down the road. You can go to the hotel, check the bag in and then come back. The show starts in like three minutes, mind you. Actually, I think the show had already started. I go, excuse me? I go to all of the females that are working with, you know, because they're the ones actually checking. And I get all the females around. I go, this guy won't let her in because she has pumps and milk. And he says, this is a liquid. She's like screaming it from the top of her lungs. No, I wasn't screaming. (laughs) I was very cordial. No, you were, you were. I was not screaming at all. Like the only way, the only time I'd scream like that is if you hurt my kids and then I would scream. But, um, so I, I get all of like, I get, I kind of like garner this army of females. You guys like, it's like a pack of wolves. You guys surrounded this guy. But you know, this guy is like buddies with the females, but like, also, like I'm like I'm like getting the like rallying this. I'm like this guy, this this man, this man <laughs> will not let my friend in who is keeping her baby alive, who is like three weeks old in the NICU, will not let her in with her pumps. Like, can y'all believe this? I go, this is so wrong. This is so wrong. That's what I kept saying. <laughs> I said wrong. I said, sir, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> That's the best thing I could come up with. Usually, what I say whenever people are are rude, I say, you're so mean. That's what, that's like my go-to line. But then I said, this is so wrong of you. This is not, this is not right. This is not right. Yeah. And so Janine at this time pulls out her phone. Cause I'm, I'm starting to get like a little bit more feisty and like, I kind of step in front of Sarah Rose and I'm like, guys, listen to it. And I bring on all the, all the women over and they all kind of come and back me and immediately he goes, okay, I'm going to go get her a yellow tag. <laughs> You know, it's so funny. I got her to army. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw the last like maybe two seconds I know, seconds you were, meanwhile, you were so worried about your phone being taken up. I was oblivious. I was like, should I stuff this in my pants to get my phone in? I was like, where do I have to put my phone? <laughs> he was not in the picture. <laughs> and I, like, Connor Axtell was like, should we get a Diet Coke? And like, meanwhile, there's like a war happening. Like our wives are hunting this man. <laughs> I was so livid. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't believe myself. But then, you know, our friend who's a lawyer was like, you know, I don't even think this is legal. Like you can take your pumps and your breast milk through TSA and you can't even bring it into this comedy show. But then I realized we were in uncharted territory. That's right. The law. You're right. Because I was wondering, because usually when our is lawyer in- friends- What is it? The reservation? The Indian reservation. The Indian yes. reservation. So our the law did not uphold itself yeah. there. But that's why I, I'm really good on my feet. Like I'm really street smart something people probably don't know about me and so i know that the law is not going to uphold itself because shauna had already like pointed that out she had like said something like behind her you know and i realized that this man is just not going to bolt and so i knew right then and there that i had to garner an army i knew that the only way that i was going to beat this man was with sure numbers Mm -hmm. and so i got the numbers to support me and then he just he folded 
he backed down. He was he was pretty scared at the end. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was like, oh, no. <laughs> he was like, oh my I gosh. said the wrong thing But the for funniest sure. thing about it was, is like, you know, her husband was there to like defend her. But like, I even stepped in front of Connor and I was like, no, this is a woman's game. It, I was like, step out of the picture, sir. So funny. <laughs> so anyway, um, John Mulaney was a great show, though. We he I really enjoyed myself. Really funny. He had some jokes that I still replay in my mind. Um, he has a couple of Netflix specials if you guys want to watch him. He's really goofy. Um, and we went to the casino afterwards, which was a great time. I won $40 at the blackjack table. Mm-hmm. The buy-in was only $10, which was great because um, in New Orleans, the buy-in was $50. And I lost $100 in two hands, which means that I lost $100 in approximately four minutes. <laughs> so this was a lot more fun. But then I did that for you. I lost it. Yeah. I lost all. Uh, us, we're just big gamblers over here, you big know. Big gamblers. Big gamblers. <laughs> um, and so it was a great evening. Since then, we've had a kind of like a whirlwind of a week. I know I feel that like feels like so a much, month ago. I know. What else has been going on? Well, we went to LA. That was big. <sighs> Our favorite place in the world. <sighs> the weather's great. Just a horrible city. Okay, babe. You're I being. Just, are no. you being that thing that you are that you be sometimes, which is I a just, drama queen? No, I'm not being dramatic. I just do. I, I don't like LA. I, I know, I know. I, I don't like it. I know. What do you not like about it? It's dirty. Um, <laughs> it's it's like I, the culture of LA. Okay, get this. We had two meetings <laughs> set up and they both canceled, but that's so normal. That's like the biggest, like that's like a, a part of the business culture is like canceling last minute. Even our yeah. friends from LA say, oh, that's so LA. I know. The thing is, that's hard whenever you cancel a meeting when someone has flown in from across the country, is that we've flown in across the country, you know? And so I just feel like maybe, um, like, I would never do that if I knew someone flew in to come see me. Maybe if I was, like, on the verge of death or, you know, really, really sick or something. Um, But that that would be hard for me. And so that was was strange that both big meetings were were canceled that day. but we did go into U- UTA. We had a meeting with UTA, which yeah, was, was good. which was nice. They, they showed up, which was really nice of them. <laughs> we appreciate that. Um, and oh, we ran into um, Evan Ross, and which like was so fun because like you know it was Di- Diana Ross's son who actually was being advertised at the Windstar Casino because she's yeah. about to perform there. She's like eighty years old, still performing. And, you know, we met you know uh, Jessica or Ashley Simpson and Evan Ross like a while back. And we're sitting at the restaurant at um, the Beverly Hills Hotel. And I'm like, this guy, he just walks up. I'm like, he'll never remember us. I know. That's what I thought, I was too. like, I'm not going to say hi. I was like, I'm not going to embarrass myself. He goes, up, he goes, hey, what y'all doing here in L.A.? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. He was so, so nice. So kind. Really nice guy. You know the biggest celebrity we saw? Ben Stein. Ben Stein. <laughs> ben Stein. Um, the uh, professor from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The professor from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And we also saw two other actors slash actresses that are super famous y'all i just cannot remember their names or what movies they're in but you're like oh like i know you from that thing the blonde girl is is a is actually super famous and and like oh, i cannot remember what she's from but anyway um whenever i do remember we'll we'll update you guys you know what i um swore off for forever at, in la i made this decision for my life in la uh-huh the whoop I don't know what the whoop is. The whoop is my band. Remember I talked about it last week? 
Oh, it's like an Apple Watch. It's like an Apple Watch. It's a fitness tracker. Um, people are obsessed with it. And I gave it two weeks. And I think this is kind of like a controversial hot take. But like, I... <laughs> yeah, people are going to be up in arms about it in the comments. <laughs> They're going to be like, did you hear what Jordan said? <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't endorse the whoop. I, I don't think it works. Like, I, I, I'm not a fan of it. It's really tight on my, on my wrist. And so... And honestly, it made me obsessive over like all of these different yes. numbers because I'm a one on the Enneagram. And I like, think a lot of ones tend to have like disorders, like eating disorders, <laughs> oh. workout disorder. No, I'm serious yeah. because they they study, they follow their metrics so closely. They become so obsessed with it. It becomes their like identity and yes. they have to track it every single day. It was not healthy for me. Yeah. And, and I, I also don't that. think it was like a pro, like I don't think it worked that well. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I swore that off in LA. So, so will you go you, back to the Apple watch? No, I don't. I'm just going to, I'm going to just free ball it for a little yeah, bit. I'm going to free ball it. <laughs> free woo it. Yeah. Woo. It's a fun name for a, for yeah. a uh, device. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had a lot going on. I did make a, a new best friend um, back when we were in, ba uh, in Dallas. You know. Who? Curtis Dwayne White. Oh. Was buddy. that his name? Curtis Dwayne White? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, guys, me and Curtis. Dude, this. If uh, you guys follow me on stories, I mean, we just had the evening of our lives. I wish that I had a best friend that was just like Curtis, but maybe like a female version. Like, why can't I find a female version of Curtis anywhere? Why can't I find that? Curtis was a very unique personality. Like he is such a gift to all of mankind because like he's one of those people <clears throat> that are friends that you have that no matter what happens, you're gonna laugh when you're around You're them. just gonna laugh. You're just gonna so, laugh. So let me back up a little bit. Curtis was my Uber driver. The funny thing about this evening, I went out with, um, it was my friend Janine. She was having a dinner with Fashion Pass to celebrate the launch of her book. Congratulations, Janine. So proud of you. So she actually gave Alto credits to everyone. So you could get a free ride if you drove Alto, which is basically like a really bougie version of Uber. Uber, But something about me, I like to stick to my roots. I'm an Uber girl through and through. I do Uber Eats and I Uber around when I when I go anywhere. I like to stick to what I know. Plus yeah. I have a five-star rating and I just, I am so <laughs> freaking proud of myself. Subtle flex. Like five-star rating, okay? And I use this thing all the time. It's not like I've driven like once or twice. I do this like weekly, bi-weekly. Anyway. This is why I am loyal to Uber. I get in the car and Curtis, he's driving a really nice, if I don't want to mistake myself, I believe it was a BMW, mm -hmm. really nice car. I mean, I get in there, the temperature is just right. You know, you can't smell weed, you can't smell smoke, nothing like that. And the music is turned up, but not too loud. I'm like, this is just going to be a delightful experience. <laughs> I also kind of like whenever the Uber drivers chat with me, Sometimes like on the way to the event, no, I'm like, I'm business. I want to work. That's why I took an Uber. But on the way home, I'm like, I kind of want to like, you know, digest. Like yeah. what just happened? Ask me about my night. Ask me about my night. So Curtis gets in and I mean, I get in. He is just dying laughing. He cannot get over my street name. <laughs> okay. And I just want to tell, I want to tell you guys, everybody is like in my DMs that evening was like, we got to know your street name now. Let me tell you on a scale of one to 10, one being not funny and 10 being funny. It wasn't that funny. It's like a three. <laughs> I would say it's a six. It's, a, it's an obscure name, but I don't know if it's a name that you would talk about for 45 minutes on a drive home. 
but it is pretty, it's unique, but that's for sure. Um, so I proceed to have the time of my life with Curtis. I mean, we were just cracking jokes left and right, making street jokes. I tell him about the, <laughs> the, the street that I grew up on. I grew up on, a, I grew up on a funnier street. It's called Ranchita. Okay. Like that's pretty funny. And that's- Curtis can't, like he cannot contain himself when I tell him that I grew up on a street named Ranchita. And then I tell him that my real name is Keely. Cause this whole time he's calling me Keely. Yeah. And I'm like, Keely, I'm like, Curtis, I got to tell you something else. My real name's not Keely. And he's like dying laughing when I tell him that my real, like I go by Danny and man, we're just having a great time. So I pull out my phone, you know, just like in my influencer fashion and I'm, I'm secretly recording him, but nothing, it's obviously all for good fun and it's like showing a great side of him. Yeah. So I knew he wouldn't be upset. He asks me what I do for a living. I say, I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I don't tell him about anything I do. And I ask him what he does for a living. And he's like, I'm so glad you asked. And he gives a big slap on the back (laughs) of the seat where there's this big sign that says at Postabler. He's like, Keely, this app is going to change the world. (laughs) He said, you've never seen an app like this one before. It's basically a social app, social media app, where when you post a photo, it comes out blurry, but you can set a uh, goal you can set a goal of 10 likes, 100 likes, or 1,000 likes. And if it gets, if it hits the goal, it will unblur itself. Hence the name, Post-Blur. <laughs> and I'm like, Curtis, we're about to solve world peace. This app is amazing. So I download it and, and I still use it. I still have it on my phone to this day. There's also monetary goals that you can hit. You can speed up your likes if you put in some cash. So that's how he's monetizing. I'm like, Curtis, I'm so proud of you. And so we you know we're just having the time of our lives. He tells me about the church that he he goes to. He invited me to his church. I told him about the church I go to. And we really just become great friends. So I get out of the Uber that night and I go on post to blur and I'm I start sharing all these stories. And Curtis sees, you know, I didn't tell him what I did or anything. And he's yeah. just like beside himself. Get this. This is the best part. Three days later, I'm just, my phone is blowing up with notifications. And I'm like, this little man, what did Curtis, what are you up to? What are you up to? I have got to reshare this story. Curtis drove, he, he made a reel driving out to Ranchita Drive <laughs> to fact check if I really grew up on a street called Ranchita Drive. And it was true. He found it. You know, I know um, when you come across people that you love in life, Yeah, I know it's rare. You yeah. love everyone, but this this was special. You and Curtis's friendship was very special. And so yeah. I, I actually have a surprise for you today. Curtis? We are going to call Curtis. Stop. And reconnect you. I thought he was going to show up. Oh, I was so nervous. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was like, I'm not ready. Hello, is this Curtis? Hey, good morning. Who is this? Curtis, it's Keely. (laughs) 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 Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Morning, Keely. (laughs) Curtis, what are you doing? I saw that you drove out to my street. I told you Ranchita was real. Yeah, I know. I thought I thought that uh, you know we was just having a conversation. Uh, Keely, like you kind of know this already, probably, 
but sometimes when you're having conversations with people in the Uber, you don't know how honest and our forthcoming people are. <laughs> and it was just one of those things where I was like, you know what? She blessed me by sharing poster blur and let's go see if this is a real story. <laughs> okay, well, Curtis, the number one question people want to know is how are you so happy? True. Why are you so happy? Why are you so joyful? I'm just grateful. Um, I mean, I don't have all the things that I have planned and worked hard to have, but, um, you know, a lot of people don't have everything that they plan and work hard to have. So I'm grateful every single day and every morning to have the opportunity to continue to pursue my dreams and the things that I want to eventually have. And mm. so I think each day I'm just excited about that alone. Mm. Um, and so when I meet new people, uh, for me, it's an opportunity to uh, share my joy and eventually, of course, share and talk about Postal Blur. And so <laughs> I'm excited, excited for those opportunities every day. I love that. Okay, I have two questions, two other questions for you. Okay. First of all, out of all the Uber rides that you've given, was I not yeah. the funnest one you've ever had? Is or is every so. Uber ride like that? Like, was I just getting the the, yeah. the Curtis experience, or was mine yeah. special? I think I think it was two part. Uh, I think it was special because you know, for one, I didn't know who you were, right? I, yeah, I didn't I, tell you. Right, right, and I typically go through the same progression for any and everybody that gets in my car, um, where I ask them, you know, how was their day? And based on how they respond, then I go to the, mm -hmm. you know, next level. Let's have a, yeah. Yeah. Let's have a great conversation. This is a short trip. So I want to impact you so much within that little time frame that you remember me and you remember to download Postal Bar. So it's an impact thing based on whoever gets in the backseat and how they're feeling. Yeah, that makes sense. So my, yeah. my second question for you is when you got home and you saw that I was tagging you and all this stuff, like what, what did you think and where, like, how did you find out? So somebody hit me up on Instagram um, um, it was like actually a couple, uh, people hit me up on Instagram and, um, I didn't know who these people were. And so <laughs> I, I looked at it and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, how do you know that I met Danny Austin? And, and so then when I started to investigate, I honestly, the first thought that came to my mind was this is her daughter that she was talking about. Oh. Yeah. So I thought that that was your daughter, but <laughs> I think it was just a fan. And they were like, yo, you and Danny cracked me up. Y'all are so funny. I'm like, how did, how did, how did, how did, were you, did it, videotaped, what? You know, so, <laughs> so all of the questions kind of just started going and then I started looking and um, it directed me back to your post on Instagram. And then that's when I was like, oh, wow, this woman 
is not only a good person, she's an influencer herself, <laughs> and she has her army uh, of, of, of followers coming to support me. Oh. I was just so grateful, Danny. I don't even, honestly, I, I can't really put in words. Um, you know how many people I've spoken with, as I told you in the car, that has, they wanted to charge me just to speak about potentially helping me. Wow. And for you to do that, I was just, I'm very, uh, it, just grateful. I don't, <laughs> I use but I'm very grateful. Well, I, I mean, I'm kind of like you. I love supporting people that are, are kind and passionate. Yeah. And I feel like that's what it's all about is I feel like I got here because of people that, you know, supported me just from, you know, the graciousness of their heart, not because I paid them or anything. And so I feel like it's just like my duty to, to help other people out and love on other people too. And you were just like, you gave me a night that I'll never forget. It was such a fun Uber drive. <laughs> Where, where can people find Post Blur, Curtis? Thank you. Uh, so, uh, Post Blur is, uh, um, uh, of course, on the internet, postblur.com, uh, but it's also in the App Store, um, in Apple, and on uh, Google Play. We're currently uh, uh, revamping it uh, because we built it with some old code, so we're making it more efficient for the new Android users. So, it's on the internet. Um, uh, on Instagram at Postablur, P-O-S-T-A-B-L-U-R. Okay, guys. Yeah. Well, you're on our podcast right now, and so we're sharing it with everybody. Today's episode is sponsored by Postablur, baby. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I have your number. Next time I need a ride, I'll call you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> please share this with your entire audience. <laughs> Anytime Danny Austin needs a ride. <laughs> We got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Curtis. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thank y'all. Uh, bye. God bless. Sweet baby. I told you. He's just like, everybody was like, what is that man smoking? And I'm like, it's the Holy Spirit. He's just, he's high on life, baby. <laughs> he's high on life. Man. He's <sighs> just such a, a treat. I just really loved that experience. And that's why you also got to ride Uber. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last night was a crazy event. Not just because uh, it was the, the playoffs, right? Is that what they call it? You tell us about the football event that happened last night, and then I'll tell you about the Taylor Swift it event. It was the uh, championship games so that uh, whoever won those games goes to the Super Bowl. Which it was the um, the Lions played the... Come on. You got it. The Ravens. No. The, the 49ers. The 49ers. And the Lions and lost. Yes. I know that because uh, Rick and Taryn were super upset. Yes. Detroit Lions. And then. And then the Chiefs. Played the. Rams. Ravens. Ravens. <laughs> Big football girl. The Ravens were, I will say, they are a pretty hardcore team. Yeah. They kind of try to bend the rules a little bit. There's a lot of aggressiveness, a lot of taunting. You got that commentary from your father. Well, I watched it. I saw yep. him stand over yep. him and push him down. You did. That was not nice. It wasn't nice. And also, like, you're you like, you are mean. I, that's what I said. I said, that's mean. not right. That's mean. Mm -hmm. You are mean. Um, but I mean, the best part of, of last night was getting into my bed and watching Taylor Swift approach Travis Kelsey from all the different angles. Dude, it's because like... I, I get on my I get on my phone and you know, my whole for you page is just Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> like this algorithm just I, I 
I don't even try to fight it anymore. Like it is what it is. It's always been like this. You know, yeah. I've, I've always just had Taylor Swift on my homepage and every single video swipe, swipe is just a different angle. Another lip reading expert trying to like, you know, figure out what they were saying to each other. And I just loved seeing Taylor so in such a normal environment because the biggest thing that she always complains about is how she's like the elephant in the room. She's always feels like she's like, the giant in the room. She never fits in because she's always sticking out and everyone always has her eyes all, you know, always all over Taylor. Well, not last night, baby. Last night it was about Travis and she was just kind of one in the crowd. One of the other girls just cheering them on. And it is so, it just humanizes her. It normalizes yeah. her so much. It's, I know I've said a lot of things about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, but yeah, honestly, have. it was. I want you to fall on your sword right about now. <laughs> it was, it was kind of what America needed in a really weird way. You know, it was pretty special. Even me, like it was all over my feed too. Yeah. Um, it, it was so sweet. It was, it was so like sweet. so wholesome and like. And there was even this. I don't know if I don't know if you got this this deep into the rabbit hole, but there were you know these lip reading experts that were d deciphering what <laughs> no, they were I did saying. Not get this deep. <laughs> and um, there was one point when they were kissing on the field because you know she walks up to congratulate them and he asks her where were y'all sitting and she's like oh we have the best seats in the house. She points to where they were sitting. She says the view was insane from where we were. I can't believe what I just saw. And Travis catches this camera that's like you know behind him. And he points out to her like, hey, careful, like there is a camera. And she goes, I don't give an F and then kisses him. Wow. She See, just did. She goes, I don't give an F. And, and I think that you can hear him in other conversations on the field. He goes, hey, I really want to thank you. Like, I appreciate you always being here and always coming. Like, because I'm sure it's it's obviously such a, it's a trek for her, right. you know, and she has to fly in for these games. She's on tour. She's going all over the place, but she always is, she's showing up to the games. Um, you know, something I noticed last night, I don't know if you noticed this, I feel like they showed her less. Yeah, I, I was pretty surprised how little they showed her. They showed her. Do you yeah. think that she said something to, to the NFL uh, powers that be? No. I, I think th that she really wants the night to be about Travis. And so yeah. I think she was kind of like hinting at like, you know, through the Joe Coy joke that they made at the, uh, what was that, the Oscars? Uh-huh. Was that the event oh, that just uh, happened? The Emmys. The, the, the Golden Globes? Golden Globes. <laughs> <laughs> the Golden Globes were really up on our pop culture. <laughs> the Golden Globes, I think, you know, through the NFL jokes and how she kind of snabbed at Joe Coy's joke and how she doesn't, she's not really a fan of, of like, you know, leading the NFL on in that yeah. way. I think that she's kind of hinted like, hey, back off. This is about Travis. And it's, I think she just genuinely wants to be there for him. I think she's like in this place where it feels so good to not be like the center of the attention, the center of the world all the time. And it probably just kind of gives her like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And I love how normal his family is. Like the first time that she's meeting Jason Kelsey, he tells his wife, he's like, <laughs> hey, like if Travis scores, I'm gonna rip my shirt off, go into the fan, and, into the crowd and chug a beer. And uh, his wife is like, no, please, Jason, don't do and he's it. Like, like, he's like, I'm not he's asking. Like, he's, he's like, like I'm, I'm doing I'm, it. He's like, I didn't, I'm not asking, I'm telling you. He goes off the first time that he meets Taylor Swift, Jason scores a touchdown and he runs out and chugs a beer with the fans. And the funniest part about it was it was an away game. So it's not even with the Chiefs fans. It's like all these fans are like booing him, like boo, <laughs> like hating on him. And he still does it. And I mean, Taylor, like you have to feel so good that you're not the like only person that everyone cares about in the, in yeah. the room or in the suite. 
it's just so special to see. Yeah, I I think that this whole thing uh, for me, it's the Kelsey brothers. Like I've never watched NFL. I love college football. I love those guys. Yeah. I love Jason though. Yeah, he's he funny. He is like someone I would just love to like hang out with, go on trips with. Because they're just oh normal my gosh. guys. They're so normal. And I love that, you know, when you are an athlete, you have to put in like a lot of work. It yeah. really just like kind of, everybody starts on the, not necessarily, but most people kind of start from like ground zero. And you got to put in the work. You got to do your workouts. You got to learn your plays. You have to practice. It's teamwork. It's all these things that are actually like typically build really good character. Not mm-hmm. always. There's some some that it gets to their heads. But like I feel like these guys just have good character character. Yeah. They have good morals. And then Taylor Swift is brought into such a normal family. Like I cannot tell you how many times I just think, I wonder what Joe Allen's doing right now. Just what did I tell you? Guys. I mean let I me tell, tell you, you he's just he's just <laughs> drinking from a pub like sitting Danny, there. Danny's view of Joe what's his last name? Allen. Allen is not great well, i mean you I just, this you, guy is so he takes himself so seriously like it's not that big of a deal and i love <laughs> that Tra- travis is able to just like he just acts like the golden retriever boyfriend that he is and he's like he'll he'll shape a heart like well after he scores a touchdown to let his girl know that he's thinking about it and that joe would never joe would be like oh we can't be filmed we can't be filmed or photographed in the same room because we want to value our privacy and blah, blah, blah. it's like dude just calm down like are you nobody sure he's cares like that, that though yes she writes about it all the time she writes about it he's very secret he didn't like to be he didn't like to be out in public anywhere they were very they played very under the radar taylor swift likes to be on stage front and center talked about that's why when that's why when she broke up with 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 joe you started seeing her out and about every single day yeah. literally every single day she's getting photographed in new york city she's going out with the girls she's going to dinners that's also the time that we started to see a little bit more of her street style because we haven't seen taylor swift style in a while and i think we can all agree i mean she has fine st- style. It's it's very ordinary, but I think that, so I actually went into a deep dive about this the other day because it is very strange to me that someone that is a billionaire dresses the way that she does. It's it's just very odd because it's like, she's not even just dressing like, um, it's a little outdated sometimes the way mm-hmm. that she dresses. Like some of the things that she wears, I'm like, oh, I, I wouldn't even wear those, those jean shorts, like cutoff shorts like that, like just not, they're a little outdated. And so I kind of went into a deep dive and I'm like, is this just Taylor? She, I don't think that she was born with great style. I don't think that, I don't think that you can be good at everything. And I, that's one part of it. And she's fine at it. Don't get me wrong. It's not offensive. It's not bad. It's just not great. You right. know, like every other thing that Taylor does is great. She's, she's, it's top tier, everything she does, except for her style. It's just always been odd to me. So I go down this rabbit hole and I'm reading about it. And apparently it's like a PR strategy. Her and Tree Payne, who is her publicist, um, she dresses in a very ordinary way to be relatable. Like facts, like that's what Tree Payne. This can- is like what, th- this is what is speculated. This so is, I don't know if it's this facts. This is the conjecture. But she's smart enough to me like to do that. Yeah. Because think about it, if she's dressing like Gigi Hadid or like, kylie jenner or or some of these other celebrities she is by far the most unrelatable person in the world when she starts doing that yeah when you see her in a sweater dress that you owned three years ago i'm like oh girl i have something like that too like she dresses so ordinary interesting it's very so does it work like for for a female like that makes you feel closer to her 100 percent. 
Wow. 100% because there are things that she wears. I'm like, mm, girl, I wouldn't have worn it that way. I would have done it this way. But like, it's, you're so beautiful. Like, you got it, girl. Like, you still rock it. I mean, last night she's wearing her hair curly on the field with this like big red sweater. Like, if that would have been me, I would have gotten a stylist. I would have got my hair done. I got my makeup done. I'd be looking like a, just like another wag out there. You know how the girls just all so sexy and they're these cute bomber yeah. jackets. Not Taylor. She's literally wearing her hair like, she just like let it air dry from a shower and put on a red sweater and then some cute boots and stuff. But like, it's just really interesting. It's just so normal. It's so normal the way she dresses. Wow. Of course, when she goes to the award show, she gets all decked out. But hey, we all did for prom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think that she's more into him than he is into her? Um, no, I, I think it's a two way street. I really do. Wow. I think that he adores her. I think that she is more obsessed with him than we are let on. I think that she adores him. Like I've been saying from day one, and I know this because you could go back to my podcast episodes when I told you, this is not a PR move. They are in love. And this is the one <laughs> I've been saying it from day one. And everyone that has texted me or said, this is a PR. I have all of your notes in writing. <laughs> I have it Do in you, writing. Um, can you imagine if she would have played the Super Bowl? this year yes if but she had performed yes, that would have been just she turned it down um and so therefore they went with usher the backup <laughs> i don't know usher seems like uh i actually don't know if he's a great guy or not but um, i feel like we're a little over the usher hill yeah. um so i'm not really looking forward to it but now i will be looking forward to it because i want to see like taylor swift at the super bowl which will be very interesting because um she is also playing in tokyo her fourth night 24 hours in advance, but you know, there's a time change. So she's basically going to time travel back to the United States to make it just on time. Dude. But she's going to do it. I mean, this girl's an athlete too. She's an athlete. She's an athlete performing like that four nights in a row and then getting on an airplane. Like she's going to be exhausted. And then on top of that, like having a social life, like this girl is a machine. Yeah. I mean, she does have a social life. She's out to dinners all the time. She's taken, she could, she took Kaylee Teller. Kylie, Kelly, I think it's Kaylee Teller, yeah. Kaylee, um, to the game last night, Miles Teller's wife and um, Cara Delevingne, which I always think is such an interesting um, combo. I always think that the fact that Cara Delevingne and Taylor Swift are really good friends is always mind boggling to me, especially since Cara Delevingne kind of went through her, um, she had some issues with drugs mm. like less than a year ago or so, but maybe Taylor Swift is, it seems like Taylor Swift is a good um I don't influence on her. Yeah. Um, bringing her into like pretty normal events. And so I actually really like think their friendship is, is probably good for them. Um, but it is always interesting to see who she chooses to bring. Yeah. I really liked whenever they went on the field last night, cause you know, it's just dissecting every, y'all have to follow this girl. Her name is, I told her, I talked about her last week, uh, Liz P Woods on Instagram. She's the best at covering Taylor Swift, um, pop culture. It used to be be there in five, but um, I don't know if she really talks about Taylor Swift so much. Probably not as much anymore. She she more so dissects the lyrics and and the the music. But Liz P. Woods, I, I think probably had over thirty angles of the Taylor Swift slash Travis Kelsey uh interaction on the field. That takes work to compile too. Exactly. And I think my favorite, I mean, of course, there's so many funny memes and so many funny like moments, tweets. But I think I loved um, when Taylor Swift got on the field and, you know, her bodyguards are all around. And you're kind of watching like 
Taylor Swift walk on the field with just like all these other people that could just like touch her. Like, it's so weird, you yeah. know, it's so odd because we don't really see her out and about in situations like that. If she's ever leaving like a, in a ride to get to where she's going, she like is in New York. She's out the door and then she's in another door. You see her for a split five seconds. Here we actually get to digest her. We see her in, her, in a crowd. We see her interacting with fans and with family and friends. And my favorite part was when the um, bodyguards come up to her and they're like, hey, like, where do you want to go on the field? Like, basically, where do you want to go? And she holds on to Donna Kelsey. She goes, I want to follow this woman right here, right here. Whatever she does, I want to do. And wow. I thought that was like so sweet. So she just, she just follows Donna Kelsey. They walk up to Travis. You know, she embraces Travis for a little bit. And then Jason, she, she, uh, he, Travis asks like, where's my brother? And Taylor like directs him to Jason Kelsey. And then they had, they start having this moment and Taylor Swift like realizes that she's kind of in the frame or like around and she, she bolts, like she wants them to have their moment. She doesn't want to mess it up. She bolts, she like goes like in the back row and kind of puts her head down so she's not even seen. And like, she wants to be in the, in the background for a minute. That's it's respectful. Respectful. I mean, this girl is just a respectful little gal. The one thing I will say, and I just want to, this actually has unrelated to like Taylor Swift slash the Kelsey brothers are like, cause you know, my mom, my mom's not the biggest Taylor Swift fan. Okay. My mom is convinced that Taylor Swift is a devil worshiper. And you know, here's the one thing I want to say. Um, I don't think that she's a devil worshiper. Your mom's trapped in some Facebook loops. That's yeah. You know, and I get it. You guys are, it's the same thing with anything that pops off, anything that pops up, Stanley cups, you know, whatever is popular at the moment, you're going to start seeing negativity about it in some capacity. Right. That's just the way that the internet works. I mean, you know, we get it too. Like it happens to us. It happens. <laughs> and, um, and so my mom is on the negative Taylor Swift feedback loop and that's okay. Because the one thing I want to say with, you know, 2024 coming up, it's, it's really been a great start to the year, but it is going to be a political year. And I just want to make like a little statement. And I just want to everyone to know, you know, with all these like fun people that we follow and all these celebrities and all these things that we love, pop culture, it's not necessarily that I look for them for like my life advice. You know what I'm saying? True. Like you have to understand, like, and you would have to get that just by my own lifestyle. I mean, I had my, I got married at 25, had my first kid by 27, my second kid by 29. Like that's not really a Taylor Swift move in that, in that way. And so, you know, I think that they're, they're going to start getting a lot of pressure to say things like what they, and I think it's not necessarily going to always align with everyone else's values, but I want everyone to know that, you know, it's just fun to, to love on Taylor Swift. I don't like idolize her in that way. Like, I just, I like her music a lot. It's, it's, I take it for what it's worth. But when I find people that I try to live like, it's typically Jesus. <laughs> That's a really good answer. I also just, I genuinely hope that all these celebrities this year do not cave to the pressure of becoming super political. Well, they, they already have. Oh, they have? Yeah. Um. And that's why like, you know, it's just like one of those things that like, I, I think that we all need to go to our sources of what we, we truly value, you mm -hmm. know, like I, like for example, I wouldn't ask Taylor Swift marriage advice. She's never been married before. She's, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, why would I go to her for same thing with me? It's like, dude, if you want to know about dinosaurs, don't ask me. I'm the last person you should ask. You know what I'm saying? Danny, uh, <laughs> Danny got some hate this weekend from the paleontology community. Uh, well, it's, I think there was more so just Ross Geller fanatics, you know, oh, for friends. Yeah, yeah. 
what did you say that was controversial? That they I were... said that birds evolved from dinosaurs or dino. Honestly, I don't even remember what I said. I'm, I'm gonna be straight up, dude. Honestly, that's why I was like, can we not talk about this podcast? Because I don't even know. I'm like, they yeah. were there. Well, let maybe. me t- let me tell you what really happened. You know when who knows win- a lot about dinosaurs? Who? Landon. We could call Landon. It's possible we should. But he, I think he's convinced dinosaurs don't like never existed. So yeah. let's maybe not go there because that's a whole other like can of worms. But, you but know, I I'm just want to say, I learned about this from a plaque at the Field Museum in Chicago that birds are the only living dinosaurs today. Yeah. You know, it was a sentence. I remembered it. It stuck out. When I saw the dinosaur at the Perot Museum, I remembered that little plaque that honestly, I haven't thought about in three years. <laughs> And I said it, and then everybody's like, Danny, you liar. You're letting down the educators and children of the world. Misinformation. Misinformation. And I was like, oh my gosh. Because you know what? I'm going to tell you. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I think that paleontology is also just all a theory. The one thing I, the one thing I know about in this world is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift's love. <laughs> That's the only thing that I'll be able to tell you about. You ranted about... Taylor Swift for a solid 15 minutes. I was like, I'm going to say nothing. She's going to keep going. This is why the dinosaur conversation will end right now. Anyway, are you ready to move on to things that make you go, hmm? Mm. This is actually very relevant. And the funny thing about this story is that my dad is the one that told me about it. I know. I thought you maybe texted him. I didn't. My dad came over last night to watch all these football games and he was like, Danny, I have a buddy that lives in Kansas City. And this this happened like down the street from, from my dad's buddy. But my dad does sometimes exaggerate. I know. That's so, why I was like, there's so no way I didn't this is believe, true. I go, when my dad was telling me this story, I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is definitely a piece from the onion. Like, I know this is like a satire piece. But my dad was right. Yeah, he was, he was right. right. He was right this time. Um, so this is so crazy. There were Chiefs fans at the last football game that literally were frozen to death. They were celebrating and they were at like a normal guy's house. And literally the three guys partying in the backyard, they said that, you know, the guy that owned the house went to bed and, and the three guys stayed up and were just like celebrating. They all literally froze to death. They were found frozen to death in his backyard. Hmm. I know, this will really make you go home. Let me read this story. A family is sounding alarms after their son and two of his friends were found frozen to death in a backyard. On January 9th, Clayton McGinney, David Harrington, and Ricky Johnson were found frozen solid in their friend Jordan Willis's backyard. This was two days after the friend group had watched the Chiefs game on January 7th at Willis's house. Temperatures outside that evening were in the 30s. Experts say that that's low enough to be extremely dangerous, especially if they aren't moving their bodies frequently. Police arrived to do a welfare check after McGreeny's fiance said he never arrived home following the game and Willis allegedly failed to respond to people's concerned messages and calls at his door. That's really strange. According to the New York Post, when police arrived, Willis answered the door with a wine glass in hand and said he had no idea his friends were frozen in his backyard. He was under the impression that they had left that night. Police say Willis completely cooperated with the time from the time he opened the door and is not under any suspicion. However, some experts are raising concerns about drugs potentially playing a factor, as well as Johnson's father making explosive claims about Willis's involvement. This is just so odd to me. This doesn't add up. This doesn't add up. It's so So I have friends over. We're all hanging on the backyard. 
And I'm like, guys, y'all stay over. I'm going to go to bed. First of all, red flag. If I'm going to bed, y'all are leaving. I got to lock up the doors. You know, there had to be some drug involvement. You know what? This is screaming fentanyl to me. Yeah. Because the fact that it all it happened to all three of them at once. Yeah. It, it's either like some type of poisoning or fentanyl. Why would he poison his friends though? I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, but it, maybe it, it, if he, and why would he be cooperating? True. If he was up to something true and but like wouldn't you have seen your friends in the backyard yeah like i don't know he said he was like really hung over so he stayed in bed and oh so he stayed in that's bed. that also could that, add adds up. Up. <laughs> that adds up that's truly what happens but then why yeah if you open the front door with a wine glass the weirdest thing is that it was only in the 30s yeah but like i don't think that they died from hypothermia or anything i think that when they do an autopsy they're probably going to discover some type of like poisoning or drugs i think it's something that they all decided to take together Maybe they all died together. That's just so odd. All three of them at once. Yeah. Hmm. It really does. But who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, this does remind me of <laughs> there's so many things that are just all like kind of like the synapses are kind of going off in my brain. I know. You're on fire today. Well, first of all, this guy's story does kind of add up to me because I have had those eight hour days where you don't get out of bed. Yeah. I actually recently just had one. This weekend? Yeah, on yeah. Friday. I, yeah, that's why I was gonna I'm, say. I'm so happy we didn't record the, the, the episode on Friday because like mm -mm. when I went to LA, I was so tired. I canceled all my meetings. I canceled the recording and I was like, I got to stay in bed. I literally watched 15 TV shows. I watched the whole season of Love on the Spectrum. Mm-hmm. Griselda. Griselda, you've loved that one. And I watched Queen Pins and the documentary, um, <laughs> American Nightmare, which this story is giving American Nightmare. If y'all haven't seen that documentary on Netflix, it's phenomenal. It's also based off of a true story. You have to watch it. It's like, don't, I'm not even gonna get it. I can't get into it right now. I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm talking too much. No, I really don't feel like you're talking too much. Okay, American Nightmare is, if y'all ever read this, that book called Gone Girl, there's now a movie based, you know, off of the book. And it's about a girl, I think it was written by Jillian. Eh, who knows? I'll never, that would have made me sound, sound really smart <laughs> if I remembered. Um, anyway, but I read the book, phenomenal book, movie. It's about a girl that basically stages her own kidnapping and to uh, blackmail her husband mm -hmm. and make it look like her husband murdered her but she really staged this whole thing. Well, a year after this book or the movie came out, I can't remember if it's the book or the movie, this kidnapping happens to this average normal couple. It would just been like me and you when we were dating and everyone is convinced because their stories are so elaborate. I mean, guys show up with goggles and, and wetsuits and tape this red floor or this red box on their floor. If they, if they step out of the box and they're gonna, kill his girlfriend who's just been abduct, abducted from her house and like all these crazy details. And the police are convinced that this girl made up her, her kidnapping. And the whole documentary is about that. I'm not gonna give it away. Anyway, you know, I don't really know why I got into that, but in, my whole thing is I do feel like this story could be a documentary because I think it's gonna take a while to get down to, to what really happened. What? And if there's no poison in their bodies or no drugs or fentanyl, this is gonna be insane. Yeah. And I can't wait to hear about it on Netflix. See, I'm surprised you went that angle. I thought you were gonna go Griselda 
to fentanyl to well that too that too but griselda is a little extreme yeah i mean those drug lords i mean they'll just cut your heads off and bury you underground they're not going to like poison you like that yeah what was it that you told me about pablo escobar so the the famous quote about and who is Griselda? Maybe just for the audience. Griselda was a Colombian um, drug lord. This is a real life woman. Uh, they called her uh, Madrina, which is like the godmother. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was basically is the one who's like very, um, cr- I guess, credited for bringing cocaine to the states. Like yeah. she ran one of the biggest like drug operations bringing cocaine to Miami slash New York up the coast. And Pablo Escobar's quote, famous quote was, I've never, I've never been afraid of a man except, no, I wish I could get this right. I've never been afraid of a man. No, I'm never, the only man I've ever been afraid of is a woman named Griselda Blanco. That's, that's a cool quote. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be, I don't know if it's good. (laughs) Well, I mean, you <laughs> but it's know. a cool quote. Yeah. Um, so that was Sofia Vergara. I can't, I don't know how to say her last name. That she, was good. she plays um, Griselda and she is phenomenal. Cause you know, we've just seen her on like what 11 seasons of Modern Family mm-hmm. for so long. You, you just see this like ditzy Hispanic woman. I actually don't know what her, her, um, is she Brazilian in the show is. I don't know like what yeah. her heritage is in the show, but, um, and so you just see this like ditzy side of her. You don't really ever see this. And she is like incredible in this with all the prosthetics and everything. But I will say, if you look up the real Griselda Blanco, they look nothing alike. Oh, the the best part about uh, all these new Netflix shows coming out is that I never have to watch them because Danny just tells me all. <laughs> I know right now I'm on my Netflix binge, but then I'll get on my book binge and I still haven't read the Court of Thorns or whatever everybody talks about the Fourth Wing. So we got we got a lot of things to do, but hmm. Mm. Okay, my next story, our next story, mm-hmm. is something that'll really make you go hmm. Mm. And I have to give a lot of credit to my husband for this one because this would have never come to fruition if it weren't for his acute observation. So this is actually the irony of this story. Last episode, there was a actual story segment that we cut out about a secret society of international concierges. Why did we cut it out? Well, that's why. I thought this is the most unrelatable thing. I don't know who these people are. I don't understand what this secret society is. This is just such a Jordan story. I'm but just a sucker for secret societies. I've he never, loves a secret society. I was never in a fraternity. It just, it. I'm still trying to catch up. So, you know, like we had this story and he, w- he was going to go on and on about it. And I was like, babe, this is just so like unrelatable. So we cut it. So we go to LA. We're staying at this really nice hotel and we walk in. And the one thing about these concierges is like Jordan was like really thought was so interesting is like when they earn their their badge to be in this secret society. It's called Les Clefs d'Or. Yeah. Which is probably not how you say it. Les Clefs d'Or, it sounds right. Oh, it's but it translates to the golden keys. Well, they wear a pair of golden keys on their, what is that? What do you call that? Lapel. Lapel. And I was like, well, Jordan, we've never even seen the golden So we go to this hotel. The first thing we walk up and this guy has some golden keys 
but they all kind of have like these little pins on their lapels. And I'm like, yeah. babe, those are not blown keys. Those are just, it's like a design. I was like, leave the man alone. And Jordan's like, the golden keys, the golden keys. And I'm like, babe, stop. That's the thing too, is that like when I walked up to him, I I don't get embarrassed by these things, but I literally walked up to him. And I was like, oh my gosh, are those golden keys? And Danny's like, Jordan, we've never stayed here before. Like you're embarrassing me. And I'm like, are those golden keys? And like, he like smiles and like shakes his head. <laughs> Yes. So in order to become a member of the society, you are subjected to rigorous assessments, interviews, and aptitude tests, making it an extremely difficult process. So what makes these concierges better than the rest? They will say yes to pretty much anything and everything. Some of the craziest requests include shipping barbecue sauce from a guest Louisiana hometown to the Caribbean and importing a Rolls Royce ghost for a sheik's wife. <laughs> I thought about asking this man to get me some Topo Chico. I know. I really but was I didn't like, want to take advantage. I know. I go, I go, listen, I know we can ask you anything, but I was like, I'm not going to take advantage. I'm just happy to meet you. Yeah. I, I know that was really kind of you. What would be like your most outrageous task that you would ask this man? Mm. I think requesting Topo Chico was close. Yeah, because they didn't have I feel it. bad. That's the thing. Is Me that like too. I would never I would never ask for more than just like, hey, do you have any like Diet Coke or yeah, anything yeah. like that? But you know that he was down. Well, I, that's what they're there for. That's what they're there but for. But I feel the same. It, it's it's you don't want to be that person that asks to import a car or ship barbecue yeah. sauce from I, I would home. say like if it was detrimental to my health or right. my business, I would ask for I it. I forgot some medicine at home. Can yeah. you ship it? Like, yeah. could you, can you send figure someone? This out? Yeah, can you figure this out? Um, or like my kids need something, like we need a, uh, um, what are those things you put in the car? Car seat. Yeah. <laughs> a car seat for the kids. You know, something that capacity, if we were having like a big event and Divi forgot to bring Divi, I'd be like, hey, can you run up to the Ulta, get some Divi? Exactly. You know, stuff like that. If it was like just so necessary. I think the point of the story is that everyone should go look at their concierge lapel. And if you ever see golden keys on their lapel, that means you can literally ask for anything. Yeah, let me tell you, you're not gonna find it at the Holiday Inn, that's for show. Well, no, they have them at the like Hilton's Four Seasons. They're yeah, spread, yeah. they're spread out. Yeah, you're right, you're right, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, take, I take back what I said. <laughs> okay, now, this is wild. Have you heard about the Stanley smuggler? No, but I have seen the best memes in the world about this. You have? Oh my gosh, so funny. Let me show you one. Oh my gosh, this lady is cray cray. A woman in Sacramento, California was arrested after allegedly stealing $2,500 worth of Stanley cups. Guys, literally they have pictures of this woman's car. You open up her trunk. It's just like, it's a, it's a bath full of Stanleys. The 23 year old woman, she's not that old. She's like pretty young. is said to have been pulled over after police received a report of a woman walking out of a store with a cart full of Stanley cups. Hmm. Not suspicious at all that were never paid for. <laughs> She just walked out of she a store. Like a better story. Police saw the woman's car on a nearby highway after receiving the report, pulled her over and arrested her for grand theft. Why couldn't you have stolen something smaller? Like after searching her car, police found 65 Stanley cups in total. Later, the police station took to Facebook to write, while Stanley quenchers are all the rage, we strongly advise against turning to crime to fulfill your hydration habits. What a great quote. That's just like really like helps Stanley out, puts them on the map. This, People this, are like, 
embezzling these things. Now this meme, uh, it's like a fake news story and it says cartels switch from smuggling meth to more lucrative Stanley tumblers. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so it, the craze is insane. I, I, I thought it was like last year, but it's like yeah, getting no, bigger. I'm happy to hear that it's still it's like relevant considering wave. we just launched our color with them. It sold out, unfortunately. I would I would love to get a restock. <clears throat> but <laughs> but no, I, I'm happy to hear that. It's just, it's so funny for us because we we started using, I so Stanley reached out to us, but I was like literally the first blogger to ever carry a Stanley. I have a Stanley that they don't even make anymore. It was white with a black handle. They're like the OOG Stanleys. So they were so sweet for us to like, we launched our own color with them. They've been very loyal partners for so long because of it. Um, but because I've been drinking for St from Stanley for, I mean, it's literally been like five years since yeah. I've been, like I've had my quencher craze. And it's like just now people are like going crazy over to me. I'm like, guys, like where you been? I guess I'm curious with my audience, like how do y'all feel about Stanley? Like, are you still wanting the newest colors? You know, they just came out with that hot pink one that's in my current Valentine's Day giveaway. It is. So cute. I have to be honest with you. I was only able to get one. So I have to give it away. I'm so sad. I can't even get another one. Uh, We're selling these things for like 500 bucks on eBay. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. And it's in my next giveaway. I, I posted my giveaway last night. Like I'm, I'm sick to my stomach about it. I'm giving it away. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm the so craze is even bigger than I imagined. No, that hot pink one. It's so cute. It's so cute. Anyway. Um, you know, how about, how about this? Like, how about Terrence, the president of Stanley, who was at Crocs before mm -hmm. blue Crocs up. Mm -hmm. How about this guy doing the same playbook twice? Do you yeah. know how hard that is? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. No, this guy, I mean, he really should go down in history as like one of the best like CEOs for this type of playbook. You should tell, you should tell him that. I think I've told you him should, before. You should text him that. I think he knows it. He's also like, it's so funny because we knew him before the craze. I and know. And he was like, he was like, I'm going to do this. And I was like, wow, that's like awesome. And I knew what he did at Crocs. He's like, literally, you told me he was like at a, he was like at this like big table. Yeah. A conference table and was like, we're going to blow out of the water and like had so much confidence like confidence and pizzazz and like, that's what leaders need. Like, and yeah. that's why a lot of times leaders like are, um, and I say this in a, in a respectful way, cause I think I'm a little quirky too. I feel like sometimes you have to have a little bit of quirk to you yeah. to get people to, cause they have to be passionate and they have to be excited. And I feel like Terrence was, is that guy. No, he was like, think about it. Like if, if, a, a, a company comes in and says, Hey, we want to hire you to do this role. And he's like, I'm going to make this like tumbler that's for like just the normal everyday guy. And he's like, I'm going to make this a lifestyle like fashion product, like what Nike did with all their drops. Like I'm gonna do that with cups. You would have been like, no way, like no way that but, that's gonna. Okay, so the only thing I will say is I do feel like when we first had our initial meetings with Stanley, um, I had like pushbacks about the colors that they were launching. They had their like, so we went in to meet Stanley up in Seattle, like, I don't know, a year after I started using them. And mm -hmm. we started, we like, I don't know, in a sense we're like consulting, like, yeah, it felt I, like that. I, I don't know. I mean, they were consulting us in, in certain matters and we were consulting them on certain matters and like what people were wanting. They were also educating us about all the other types of hydration cups they offered. Yeah. And, you know, and we we built this like very, um, um, what's it called when like it's positive on Mutually. both sides? Mutually beneficial partnership. Yeah. And relationship. And um, I do feel like there was some initial like pushback when I went in, I was like, dude, like moms and people in my demo are the ones that are buying this thing. Nobody wants the rusty red. Nobody wants the black. Nobody, wa I mean, yeah, some black, but you know, like we want fun colors. Like we want exclusive, 
exclusivity. We want yeah. sellouts. We want partnerships. And like, I feel like there was like some initial pushback in that capacity. But once they started making the fun colors, they started to see like, oh my gosh, it's working. And then that's what's made them so successful is the launches, these drops of like new colors and it never stops. And you just want to see like what the new color is. And yep. the fact that it's limited edition each time make, creates that like sense of urgency that you just can't, you can't pass it up. You got to get it right then and there. You have to set your timer. You have to be on the email list. And it like becomes this craze. Like that's what it is. That's the same thing that happened with the Kylie Jenner lip kit. Mm -hmm. Like I was so, I was in college and I remember she launched her lip kit and there was one color called, um, my gosh, I can't, it was one of the sister's names. Um, I can't remember, but it was my favorite color and it would sell out so fast that I literally had to watch Instagram. And like, I had to sign up for all of the notifications and everything. It became like an obsession. Then I started buying the, the knockoffs on eBay by accident. Like I would get, I would buy them on eBay yeah. and I thought they were legit. And then they would send it and they would be like fraudulent. I was like, oh my gosh, like that's when you know that you've like hit gold is when, when people are like knocking you off and you have so many people knocking Stanley off now. Like yeah. so many. And that's that's just like inevitable. It's gonna happen. Um but Yeah, he's it's just crazy because he uh he's talked about all over Twitter now. Like he's just like a business genius. He'll go down in like history books. Wow. Textbooks. Me and Terrence did and together. We had, we had, we had Thai food together. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> hmm. Are you, are you thinking about whether we should go into it or not? No, I think it's just an interesting topic. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about open relationships. I was wondering how you were going to transition. You know, there's really just no way. You to, just head on. It's either closed or it's open. And yeah. right now we're going open. Um, they're calling it ethical non-monogamy. In other words, it is a polyamorous or open relationship, and they're becoming way more mainstream than ever before. So mainstream that the New York Times Magazine actually dove into the topic and created a guide on how polycurious couples can explore opening up their relationship while trying to avoid messiness. Some research shows these relationships are the best options for couples that are in long distance relationships. Well, if you're long distance and you never see each other, then what's the point of being in a relationship? Or travel a lot and don't want to cheat on their spouse. However, people are calling out the potential harm of this movement and the impact it can have on marriages and relationships as a whole. Wouldn't the argue be, argument be it's like not a marriage? Yeah, is this is this about marriages or relationships? That's the question. You know the first time I ever came across a polyamorous relationship? At the swingers club? No. <laughs> I was playing paintball and one of our referees uh, told me he was in a polyamorous relationship. And I go, what's that? And he was like, I have six girlfriends. And I was like, how logistically do you keep up? The question with is, do your girlfriends know you have six girlfriends? No, he said that they were all cool with it. That just sounds like something a paintball ref would say. <laughs> I mean, I know <laughs> this guy and he has like multiple children. I go and I, I literally oh, so he's in merit, like marriage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, um, I asked him, my friend Drew and I, we asked him, what's the difference between that and a commune? What do you say? He laughed. Oh, never really answered though. I, I don't, my whole thing about this is like, I've seen a lot of pastors start to talk about this because it used to exist kind of on the fringe of society. Like it I was think like, it's a, always kind of existed in the fringe of society. But I think that like when the New York times and like books are coming out about experiences yeah. with it, it's becoming more mainstream. And a lot of like our pastor friends are like, Hey, we, the church needs to kind of take this like more head on acknowledging that this is a conversation that like needs to be had. You can't just like assume it exists 
yeah. you know, on the outskirts or whatever. Like it's a thing that people are actually considering. Yeah. I mean, my hard stance is that this is a horrible idea, but. <laughs> why? Um, not, not that I, I, I said why, like why? I don't agree with you. Like why? No, I'm like, I agree with you, but like why? Um, I feel like in, in our marriage, the most like rewards we've ever, like the most joy that's ever come from it is when we like get through these like really hard humps of selfishness, mm. you know, that we have to kind of like power through. Like yeah. where it's like those seasons where it's like, she's wrong and you're like, he's wrong, but it's like really both of us are like deeply being selfish. And I feel like in those seasons, it's so easy to break and say, well, I just want to go over here with someone who understands yeah. me. And I think that a lot of people probably think that that's the answer. He travels too much. And so like, yeah. I need this here, you know, and there's so many ways in marriage. I think we can like rationalize, um, you know, things that are actually just like our own inherent selfishness. So that's, that's true. And, but the most joy we've ever gotten, I think out of our relationship is when we power through those hard seasons, mm. like the past two months. I would say like, I wasn't doing a good job at like <laughs> active listening, right? And, you, yeah. and it made you feel really- What's over active listening again? I actually am asking, I can't, I honestly can't remember that you know, we thought about this. Well, do you remember- <laughs> This is how I feel about a lot of our fights. I'm like, wait, we did? Well, you feel you felt like I wasn't ever listening because oh, yes. I was only listening to have a comeback. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Is that, oh, now I remember. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, the word, the term active listening really threw me off. What's uh, active listening though? Well, and it's kind of like when, uh, you know, the Divi team said I wasn't a good listener. You know? <gasps> that must have hurt. Yeah, well, I kind of knew because like I always cut people off and it was yes, very- Yes, yes. It's like, what what is the next thing I'm gonna say? Not like receiving what they- Yeah, say. and it wasn't that I didn't care about what you were saying. It's that like my brain was moving like seven steps ahead in the conversation and I didn't have the patience to like really like get there. Yes. But anyway, um, you know, so that was something that was like consistent. Remember when we fought the last time, like, a month or so ago and you were like we're fighting all the time and it was like actually about that like one thing that was really selfish oh yes in me mm -hmm. of like well i want to be right i want to control situations like i want this and it took a while to like get over that selfish hump yeah and then i feel like in la remember we like had a great trip together yeah. it was just me and you and i was like man we've had so much fun together yeah, i yeah. was like what changed and i was like i feel like what changed was me probably mm, and mm. then it like the reward of it was like you were happier and our relationship was happier and like our marriage was happier yes and so there were so many like shortcuts like i probably could have taken yeah you know like cheating or affairs mm -hmm. or like oh let's have an open relationship because we're clearly not working anymore and i feel like that's just not like the way that god designed the joy of marriage is getting over and the like hugs. using marriage to refine you it's almost like I mean, inherently you have to kind of feel icky when you give up on something, you know? Yeah. It's just like, I think inherent in all of us that when we fight for something, there's so much like, you just have, it feels so good to fight for something that you believe in. Yeah. And I think a lot of times now, like everybody just feels like we could take the easy route. And like being in an open relationship to me is sometimes the easier route. And I'm sure some people are really happy with that and like, okay. But I think what, I think if you're gonna convince someone that, marriage is like is is the best way is honestly to focus on like the great parts of marriage yeah and instead of trying to like dog on what they're doing because like you just can't feel good whenever you're like you know what that i don't like that i'm gonna go do this now like what i like and what makes me feel really good is like man i have to work out today i don't want to i do it anyway i feel so good about myself exactly like, when you fight for something that you want and like the fact that 
the, the coolest thing about marriage, and you're never going to encounter this in any other type of like, is like, it is two people that are not, we are not family. We don't have to choose each other. There is no, there is no force forcefulness on this. Like you get to choose someone and choose to commit for the rest of your life. I can't do that with my brother, with my friends, with my mom. Like, I mean, yeah, kind of friends, but like, you know, not really, but like family, like you're just like born into it. Yeah. But Jordan and I, when we come together, we like made this commitment. And that's what's so cool about marriage is that you have two people fighting just as hard, hopefully for the same thing. Yeah. And to like be able to do that with your best friend, like it, you get the greatest amount of joy and fruit from it. I think that it, it it's almost like sad what people that don't get to experience like marriage, they're going to miss out on a lot of that. You know, they're going to, it might just be too, they might think it's like too scary or they're too, you know, scared to commit. I think that's why a lot of people probably choose this, this other route. And so I don't know. I think that the biggest thing is like, it's going to become more normal because like, that's what the Bible talks about is like all these things that are like traditionally crazy are just going to become the norm. And, and like, I think that, you know, we just have to be aware of that. And instead of like trashing on these people and being like, it's a horrible idea. And it's like, really is just to like live like and like just be ourselves and live in like what God's uh call for us as married people is yeah and like I think it's so important for us to even be present on Instagram or on this podcast and be like no like dude like marriage is awesome like it's actually really fun you can still have these like you know crazy events and fun experiences and awesome sexy time (laughs) (laughs) and all this stuff and like but it's just like so much more wholesome and you're gonna feel so good about it whenever you go uh go to sleep at night yeah and i think the one thing to empathize in this conversation i feel like this is like the path this is how people get there is like if you have one spouse in the relationship that's not fully bought in right so people who feel neglect right so maybe their spouse is sick or maybe they do travel a lot i think that what i'm i understand and i empathize with that i think what culture is trying to do is normalize like open marriage too and, and say oh well the answer to that is like basically legalized affairs or like oh like mutually agreed upon affairs and like i just think that where the messiness comes in is that people are going to go down that path and then just realize like it's just causing more destruction than where you eventually started and and i agree but I, i the one thing i will say to that is like this is what i feel like some churches have done a great job at is giving people like this amazing resources like and not all of them are great at it but it's like there's so many nowadays like there's so many churches that you can reach out to and be like hey like where should do they have marriage counseling or do they have a bible study or can i find community in this way and it's just kind of all like taking advantage of the resources that are available to you and not always taking the easy route yeah because like let's be honest showing up to that wednesday night bible study at the local church can be intimidating but i think that's like all it all it is is just like showing up to that first one finding other people that honestly are in the same boat as you are there's a lot of marriages and jordan and i have been in horrible fights where we have to go to our community group and like talk it over and fight through it but like yeah it's just it's something really special it's like when you're in when you're like fully committed to someone. So like, I don't know, I'm like pretty pro marriage person. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me though. Also, it sounds like a logistical nightmare. Can you imagine having like six wives? Like, how do you not get like jealous of the other one? Well, I think that's the messiness. I would like throw down. Right. 
And you saw me whenever they were trying to steal that girl's breast milk. Like, just think about like. You know, I still think about that guy that hit on you at the uh, airport lounge. I know. You weren't even there. I wasn't even there. You just like think about it. You weren't even there. Well, you know, we've been going for quite some time. I do have some two other segments of things that make you go, hmm. But I think, hmm, we should end it. Yeah. I think it was a good episode. I think it was a great episode. Um, You guys, I don't know if you know this, but we have this Instagram and it's called de-influenced podcast i think it's either de-influenced pod or de-influenced podcast i don't know just search it it'll find up it'll show up um and we just post some hilarious clips of me and jordan just being so funny it's really (laughs) the best instagram you'll ever listen to or follow and so i really want you guys to go follow it engage tell your friends to follow it tag your friends Um, We also have a TikTok where I would say we're even funnier over there. (laughs) Feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We love you guys and we'll talk to you later. Bye.